Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media, let's make some noise. From Asthma Core Studios near Detroit, Michigan, it's Unregimented. Gangsters, what's up, guys? And now, here are your hosts. Number 182, I'm Chris. I'm Aaron. And I'm Rich. What's going on this week, gentlemen? Uh, can, can we just get right what? into Ann Coulter? Sure. Because she's got to be in heaven tonight. What's going on with I know she I know she canceled that's the latest that I heard like I'm not on the road so my head's like back in the sand so what's been going well, I, on this I believe week? the university tried to back out a little bit and then she was like no I'm not going to do it and then said I am going to do it it seems like she was kind of playing both sides seeing if she could figure out what would work better for her her choosing not to do it or the university being the one to take the the fall in the situation but just the fact that there's controversy over this. I mean, she's probably at home right now cracking a box of wine and getting out her biggest vibrator. <laughs> or hanging up hanging up that picture of Ronald Reagan. Now let's be honest, all right? Let's be honest. Just going to town on the Gipper. Maybe hitting up Bill Maher on speed dial. Hit, hey, hate I think she's a little out of your system. I think she's a little pale for Bill Maher's taste. I've seen a bunch of articles that have had them that have had them linked together as, as oh, people they had dated talk. twenty years ago briefly. I I mean Bill Maher. Every time I've ever fucking seen anything about him with a lady outside of you know his show, it's, it's he's kind of got the Robert De Niro thing going on. He like he likes he likes the dark skinned ladies. Oh no, Did this is Jungle Fever. No. The, yeah, this was an article. Well, that I wouldn't. Had all I, the I, we could still say that, right? <laughs> For well, now. I mean, I didn't. I, well, I mean, yeah. If it was only black ladies, I guess I'd have said that. But I've seen them with like, uh, like I, I, Latinas. So I, I, I gotcha. He, did, he he doesn't seem like he would go for a really pale redhead. Let's put it that way. <laughs> what you're saying is he, he's going after the liberal base, you know, as far as his penis. Well, doesn't mean it doesn't ever happen. But, but no, let's talk about uh, what's her name? Skeletor. <laughs> and Coulter. And Man Coulter. Coulter. <laughs> well, that's a low blow. I don't knock her. She's an attractive enough woman. If she came on to me, I'd probably hit it. Yeah, if I, I didn't know her politics. <laughs> I wouldn't tell her no. Yeah, if I could get her to tuck her dick between her legs so I okay. wouldn't poking me in the eye, sure. Come on, that is a manly looking woman, man. Sorry. Well, I, I, I never argued with you about Fankney Jen, Jensen, but I, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna stand by fucking Ann Coulter with in her Adam's apple. Sorry, it is. Anyway, so her, her her event was canceled at Berkeley. I don't know how she got an event at Berkeley in the first place. I mean, there are Republicans at Berkeley, clearly. It was yeah, it was uh, campus Republicans invited her to speak. Mm. So it was indeed canceled, and there were. A lot of people showing up to protest. I shouldn't touch it. There's a lot of people that showed up to protest the fact that the event was canceled, or that she canceled it, or whatever story you want to go with. And so there, I didn't hear of any violent demonstrations this time. I did read a story about the police there asking the Antifa protesters to take their masks off. 
which I don't know given our conversation on this last week I think that's kind of appropriate I think if you're going to protest you should be courageous enough to show your face as well yep. and, and fully stand behind your beliefs and your actions how far are you willing and, to go or are you just going to be a pussy who hides yeah, right. but the problem is, if they're wearing a mask, you know they're wearing a mask to hide their identity because they plan on doing some shady shit. That's all there is to it. Uh, maybe. I mean, I don't know if I can agree with you 100%, but it definitely, there's no argument that that is the perception that they are putting out there. They're kind of leaning into the fact that, you know, they might be up to, uh, to some violence or some radical shit. I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, if they're going to have... If, if we want there to be protests and rallies on and, and whatever they want to talk about on university campuses, in my opinion. We just want to have them peacefully. And if taking off a mask is going to accomplish that, is going to hopefully stop a lot of these people from acting out violently so that there can be eventually a sane and, and calm conversation about this. Not saying that it's going to happen at the <laughs> you protest. You said sane but, and calm. But, but when your protest does nothing but escalate the situation and kind of demean your whole point when you punctuate it with a Molotov cocktail or a punch to the jaw, oh, it's, cool. it's not doing your own cause any good. And it, Welcome to the dark side, Aaron. We have cookies. It sounds like you've come <laughs> more over to our side of thinking since last week on this. Oh, oh no, I, had, I haven't changed my opinion on it. I, I, was, I think, well, Rich brought it up, but I agreed with him on the fact that we should simply prosecute people who do act out violently at, this, at protests like this, and you can't do that unless you can identify the people. That's that's why I'm... Like, the, the unmasking of the Antifa, I thought it was appropriate based on, what, you know, what we were talking about last week on this. I don't feel like I've changed my opinion. I mean, I'd, I'd go so far as to even say that the... I don't know, the pro-Trump protesters... I, I don't know. I don't know what they. I don't know what, what what banner they're protesting under, if there is one even. They're just hiding, they're just hiding under the banner at this point. You know, if they're wearing masks, they need to take them shits off, too, because it's just... Yeah, anyone. I mean, look... No, I'm, I'm it's, not it's, singling out any group of protesters. I'm saying, yeah. I think that's a fair law that you have to show your face if you're going to protest. I mean, here in, in cold weather states, which I'm assuming Berkeley probably doesn't get half the fucking snow that we get here in Michigan. Uh, I mean, obviously... But in cold weather states, I've even, before going into stores, there's signs in the winter. Please remove any, anything covering your face before entering the store. They won't let you in. They'll refuse, they'll refuse you service. And you have a legit reason for keeping your face cold because it gets below freezing in this, in this, in this state quite I was, often in the winter. Yeah, I was told that a bank wants to take my sunglasses off, which were prescription. That was the only reason I was wearing them in, inside. I had to run out and switch my, my glasses. I'm a fan of hoodies. I get asked to take my hood off all the time. That's the world we live in. You can whine about it or you can adapt. Yeah. Well, I mean, I under, look, I understand. If I'm, if I'm working a bank and I'm working security 
someone comes in in a damn ski mask. I'm not thinking, oh boy, it must be really cold out there. I'm thinking, okay, this asshole's coming in up to you know, with, with no good intentions with a ski mask on. It takes half a second to pull it off your head before you walk into into a bank. I mean, in like I said, I when think you anyone a, would tense up if they saw that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and on top of that, you're in Berkeley in late April, and you're wearing ski mask and and do rags over to your the face. Bank of Antarctica. You know, I mean, the bank. I, I, I don't know. I I mean, what legit reason they have for covering their face? Besides, yeah, I'm not saying they want to. I'm not saying they plan on. I'm not even saying they're planning on doing some some dumb shit. But it's in their it's in their mind that that oh I don't I'm going to do some shit and I don't want to be identified. I mean, really, what are they worried about? They called in sick to work and they're going to lose their job. I know. Yeah, yeah, so my more. boss, <laughs> so my boss is throwing up. I can't be seen throwing this waste can through this Walgreens. But I mean, also. I'm sorry, oh, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I, watching Bill Maher this last week, I, I thought it was interesting that he, when he brought up Berkeley, he, he pointed out something that I think it, it gets lost in all this talk about Berkeley, is that that's where a lot of, you know, in the 60s, free speech protests start, you know, started. And campus activism and whatever you want to, you know, student student activism started. Fast forward to 2017, and you have people on the Berkeley campus burning signs that say free free speech, arguing against free speech, claiming anything they don't like needs to be shut down. The only speech that they agree with is if it agrees completely with them. I mean, and that's... Hmm. That's two generations apart, man. That's yeah, how that's that's how, that's how far down the fucking rabbit hole we've gone with this horse shit. And I have no tolerance for it. I have no tolerance for that. It, it, freedom of speech is there's a reason it's the First Amendment because it sets the precedent for everything else in the Bill of Rights. And if you take that out or, or you start saying, well, you can't say this, and I'm not talking about violent speech promoting. Uh, violence against people whatever obviously that's not protected but we don't live in a country to where case in point like in canada if you don't use someone's proper pronouns you can be thrown in jail and i don't want to live in a country like that and i mean if you in it, you know we live in a country where the aclu will defend in court the kkk even though they find them despicable for their right to free speech and mm. and a protest and march and to me, I can't remember who said it, but that is that is the backbone of free speech. Right. You don't. It, it, it's easy to fight for speech you like. Fight for the speech that you don't like. Then, then yeah. we'll then we'll see how much you really are for free speech. Well, and and the government wasn't involved in who gets to speak at Berkeley, but you're right. It does set a, a precedent because the the right the easiest rights for the that the. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. The rights that the government can take away from the people most easily are the ones that they have already given up. If you're already censoring your yourselves and your society about what you're allowed to say and think, then it's just a no-brainer for the for that to become law. It's dangerous, man. Well, you know, a, a fascinating conversation... I heard recently about this on Ben's Sunday School. He had a two-part show, actually, with 
a university professor. Name is Peter Bogosian, I believe it's pronounced. And yeah, he talks a lot firsthand about. Well, he shares one story about a student, an Asian American student, who he was talking about some philosophy and equating it to popular culture, and used references to. Oh, there's two of them. I remember one of them was definitely Star Trek, and she was and. The Asian American student came up to me afterwards and was like, "I've never heard so many microaggressions in my life." In one class, the way that you know you assume with your white culture that I'm going to know these references to shit like I've never seen Star Trek. That's not in my culture. The fuck! Wow. It, yeah, they're real life stories. Okay, no, and and he he just takes it to he just takes it up the next level. He's like, "That's fine, you know what? Talk to my superiors, file your complaint. There's nothing else that he can do." Yeah, I'd be like, There's "No point, arguing go ahead, with man. this person if that person is that far gone in their beliefs. They are in as much of their own bubble as as religious fanatics are." Logic, the final frontier. Okay, if if we're go- just going by the original series, all right, that that bridge crew, that bridge crew, was the most multi-ethnic show on TV. And the first right interracial kiss on TV for, for like yeah, a decade it, after that. Still, it is interesting it had, that you that the example that was used with Star Trek and that Star Wars. Star Wars, you might you could make an example of as being like a white dominant culture thing. Star Trek was intentionally now okay. You have a white commander. And Billy Shaft intentionally multi generate a uh, multi internet. What am I trying to say? He fuck a green was, pussy. He didn't it care. Was international. Yes, you had you had a Russian. You had Sulu. Who I don't. I, I think. Well, no, I know George Takei is Japanese, but I don't know if they ever specified that he was Japanese on the show. But I mean, you know, Scotty. Come on now. I mean. It, it, mm. <laughs> From Scotland, Uhura. Well, um, gee, I was she just really tan? No, I guess it's just a bunch of fucking bunch of white people in Star Trek. That's white culture, huh? Well, hey, speaking of aliens, did you also hear that they uh, the Trump administration put into action a phone line that people can call in if they are themselves or someone they know or they suspect some criminal activity uh, involved with, with aliens the, with with. It doesn't even say Ill- illegal aliens, actually. Like aliens from space? Immigrants. Oh. Well, we could only no. <laughs> no, local aliens, you know. No, immigrants, actually, is a language that's used. So if, if you're a victim of a crime perpetrated by an immigrant or you know of an Ill- possible illegal living in this country, there's a phone line that you can call, which just reeks of McCarthyism. And I understand that in some cases they are... People that are here illegally, they are committing a crime. But to promote people to actually spy on your neighbors and report them. Can I them. ask you this question, though? What's the difference I, in your mind between that and, uh, hey, if you see someone uh, breaking into somebody's house, give us, like, the crime watch lines. What's what's the difference between those and that? Well, here, here's, here's the difference. What message does it really send? I mean, I... And the obvious message of spy on your neighbors. Um, it also sends a message of low confidence in local police, immigration enforcement, 
ice. What's the uh, difference between this and if you see and if the, the if you see something, have, say something sign at the airport? What makes this special? If you're just talking about, if you want to have McGruff the crime draw, dig up his grave, reincarnate McGruff and put him out there and just say, hey, if you see crime, report it. I'm all for that. Go ahead. What makes immigrants so special? When we know that they don't commit more crimes than citizens. Not even, well, let's, let's be clear what we're talking about, because I'm kind of muddying it up. It's not, it's not even about illegal immigrants. It doesn't say in the, anywhere in the language that this is for catching people who are here illegally. This is just immigrants, people who are not born in this country that are possibly committing crimes. There's a special phone line to call in to report on those people specifically. What makes them so special? Why do but we has, need a special this phone line? line always existed, that, though? That, 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 why, why isn't the system? Why isn't the system that we already have in place not working enough that police can't handle it, ICE can't handle it, we have to have a special phone I, line I guess dedicated I'm to kind this. Of, are we to believe that before 2017, no kind of phone line like this existed? Uh, not to my knowledge. This is this is a. You're telling me that if someone me. like out in California saw like a fucking truckload of fucking Mexican people coming over the border, yeah, there wasn't they a number call, they could call. Yeah, they could call ICE. Certainly, that's what I, that's that's what I'm saying. There was already a number to call the police, immigration enforcement. You can. If you wanted to, this isn't saying that this now makes it possible to rat on was your this neighbors. Donald Trump's that was extra special possible. line, and certainly that when it comes to illegal immigration, there's a lot of vigilantes out there that like to take the law into their own hands and like to see these people prosecuted and removed from the country. Well, don't but, do any of us. Do any of you guys remember? Either you guys remember the the Minutemen along the Mexican yeah. U.S. border, who were like, I mean, on camera unabashedly can't wait to shoot me some Mexicans. And it's just like, holy shit, dude. Really? I mean... Right, and and that was their... Their message was clearly immigration enforcement is not doing their job. We don't have enough uh, police force to actually control illegal immigration over the border. And so that's why we're doing this. And that's just a... It's a weird and possibly even dangerous message to put out there to both spy on your neighbors and the police and immigration enforcement aren't enough and aren't doing their jobs properly. Well, and then also there's the matter of, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when someone's going to abuse this this system. Oh, no. Immediately flooded with UFO sightings. God damn it. (laughs) It's like why we can't be nice, everybody. Thousands of calls. It's not nice. It should go away. It should be flooded with nonsense because that's all it is is nonsense. You're uh, just see, singling I, out a group of people. What? Okay, take any group of people and make a hotline to call you think they if they're committing shit up after a crime. 9/11 like this. Take any group of people. They did, yeah. but they didn't. They didn't say what anybody. What immigrants looks are like blowing muscle. shit up in the U.S. currently? I mean, look, there's there's a hotline here in Michigan. One eight hundred speak up. It's it's the Crime Stoppers hotline. It's been around for as long as I can remember. Yeah. I mean, and that's any crime. This is just specifically to 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 uh, immigrants, which is I agree with Aaron. Bullshit. 
You have a you have a number to call to report a crime. If someone's in this country illegally, that's a crime. You don't need a specific right. line for it. This is pandering to his fucking base, trying to hold on to him because he's well, he's went he's he, obviously the Bill Hicks routine isn't too far from the truth. After he got elected, the people who really run this fucking planet pulled him into the room and showed him the, the, the Kennedy assassination from an angle he never saw before right. and said, any questions? Just what my agenda is. Yeah. Have you met the aliens? They're, they're your three o'clock. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, four years ago, he's tweeting, don't bomb Syria. We just bombed Syria. I mean, the more... The more oh, the he's deep, reversed deep, on so much more shit, too. The deeper into his presidency we get, the more we see that he ends up just... just <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, we were, pull, we were pulling out that? of NAFTA 24 this, hours ago. All this talk about <laughs> NAFTA, uh, the worst deal in the history of deals in the universe of deals universe. Exactly. Oh, uh, it, NATO. The biggest, saddest deal that we've ever done. And now he's president and he's like, well, we're going to try and renegotiate. We'd like to get a better deal out of this. And still pulls the shit where it's... Well, if if they if we can't get a better deal, then we walk. You walk from what? Yeah, no, it's a treaty. Right. You're saying that the U.S. the U.S. when it signs a treaty, its word is now no good. How do we then get any support for any future conflict if we haven't already eroded those friendships already in the world? Because how do we when we want to actually impl- it, 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 when we want to make change in the world for the better? We need other countries to do that with. Because and to just say like that to you're not going to uphold your side of a treaty because it turned out to be a bad deal. Hey, you can re- renegotiate, but you, just, you can't pull out of a treaty. I would like to think we have world leaders who are intelligent enough to realize that just because Donald Trump's in power now doesn't mean he's going to be in power forever. And that doesn't mean that his view on these things are going to be America's view on these things forever. Well, I think that the the rest of the world is starting to see what, well, the machine behind Trump, which we we only caught on, I mean, I won't speak for everyone, but I think myself personally only fully caught on until after the election, until after he won, and I said, whoa, wait a minute, now i got to pay attention to what the fuck's going on here, and find out who's actually putting these thoughts in his into his head. And you know, Trump being promoted as kind of a wild card, as that being a strength in his diplomacy, is not really a positive thing when they're not even watching Trump anymore. If they want to know what's happening in America, if they want to know what where the, what the U.S. is really prepared to do in any given situation around the world, I don't think they're looking to Trump. They're looking past him and trying to figure out who's actually making things happen. Yeah, but that's an Maybe accusation that gets leveled at every president at a certain point in their presidency. We definitely well, right, had it with W. But, we had but, it with Obama. We had it with Clinton. No, but but you had messages, right? And so you knew that what came out of the president's mouth or Twitter feed now was based on a message that his party or the White House represented. So you don't even have a cohesive message out of Trump anymore. So he can now just be totally thrown aside. Just a mop. Just a mop handle with a toupee on it. Who is it? Is it Pence? Is Pence being the quiet, cool... 
Oh uh, no, I think he's just doing the Veep thing. He's got his agenda. Eats dinner with mother every night. You know, if we if we don't want to put on tinfoil hat, I think it's real simple. Who who is deciding his agenda? And that's the people that paid to put him to support him to get him into into the presidency. He, all politicians are beholden to their lobbyists. To their financial backers. That's, that, well, that's not even. That's not even. That's not even something they hide from us. Lobbyists. Yeah, but are you talking about Trump? Because I'm not saying that it's completely untrue, but it's probably the least amount for any president that we've seen. But is it really, or is it just because it's people that aren't the usual suspects? It's Breitbart, the anti-globalist, whatever the, the alt-right seems to. Well, alt-right is like the alt-right has been thrown around so much that I don't even know exactly who the fuck they're talking about anymore. It just seems to be a blanket statement for anyone who, someone who has left leanings doesn't like. But I mean, well, it's know, a term that people have taken on onto themselves as well. Proudly, yeah, and it's them. yeah. I mean, it's 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 like the whole tea party thing. You know, if you were if you were left leaning, you called them tea baggers. If you were you know a tea partier, and if you were right leaning, you called yourself a tea partier. And when they said it, they they were empowering themselves on the right. And when the left said it, they were it was a derogatory statement against them whatever but I, I i just i don't the further into his presidency we get i'm just like it's the same shit man it's meet the new boss same as the old boss well it's, if it's if it's true that he is beholden to organizations groups of people individuals he's pissing a lot of them off too it, there's certainly been a, a lot of people who are Trump voters that are vocal about how disappointed they are in whatever it is that he has failed to accomplish or had a heel turn on no, in the last 100 though. days. I saw an article that uh, Washington Post put out um, that it said, you know, he has the lowest approval ratings, you know. Right. Yeah, I've seen many charts that show us, yes, you know, then, the last uh, 20 the presidents. Second, they they buried the shit out of this. But in the same article, they also said, eh, if the election was held today, he'd still win. Which I found fascinating. Like, the same, the same poll, they, they, he would have won 43 to 40 if the election were held today. Which I, who are they talking to? I don't understand. Like, I, th- I, don't, I, I think we were shown the polls are all a bunch. It's, it's, well, the polls seem to... We're going to ask the people who give us the answers we want to get, maybe. I don't know. Well, yeah, polls, is all, they're only as good as the people who source them. And they're only as good as people who answer when they when the phone rings, or people who volunteer to answer the polls. I mean, that's if if we learned anything from this last election. First of all, if you're using the phone, shit. Uh, we're going to go with probably fifty-five or older is who you're talking to. Exactly. Hey, case in point, the Drew and Mike Show Harris poll. How often does someone under the <laughs> age right of there, fifty ever answer that phone? Over ninety-eight phone book. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, and and the proof is in the pudding because every time they make the call, the TV is just blaring in the background. <laughs> and they're watching some judge show. That's what old people do. They definitely watch judge shows. You want to get some my, I'm 38 years old, all right? You guys are in your 40s, all right? And I, I'll say at least as a 38-year-old, you want to get to my eyes at this stage, you got to get across a screen of some sort. Tablet, phone, computer. Well, and there are, there are services that do polls that way, but how many people voluntarily click on to take a poll online? Most people just hit the hit the. I want to see what friends character I'd be rather than take this poll. 
I, I'd really like to answer these important political questions for your poll, but I got to find out what kind of cheese bread Buzz or uh, uh, pizza yeah, what, Buzzfeed which Power I Ranger would I be? You know, <laughs> you know. Getting back to what Aaron was saying, if I yeah. if I could be a fucking fly on the wall in the White House, you know what I'd really want to know more than anything at this What's moment. That? What the fuck happened between? Uh, I know, uh, right? Bannon and fucking Trump. Because this seems Bannon like that relationship is just like I think. You know, well, he probably fucked well, Ivanka, and that's what made Trump mad. He's like, God damn it, <laughs> if I can't fuck her, you can't. Well, look, uh, you're talking about two colossal egos, and big egos like being around other egos, but there's a limit to that. At a certain point, they still have to feel like they're the big dog in the house. And especially when you hear more stories about, well, again, if we can't predict what the White House is going to do based on Trump's tweets, who do we look to? Well, it's probably Bannon. He's dictating a lot of the policy. And then SNL, which we know that he watches, even though it's sad and failing, like, like the failing as New York the, Times. Uh, as, as Bannon as death pulling the strings like, get out of my chair in the Oval Office. I mean... Well, I also think that sometimes, reality... Sometimes satire works. <laughs> I, I, also, I also think reality is probably a big old fucking prison bull with a 12-inch veiny cock that just slapped fucking Donald Trump in the face with it. Because it seems Left like right. it, it just it just seems like like the healthcare thing. Oh, this is more complicated than I thought. Talks to, talks to the, the the representative from China for ten minutes. Oh wow, uh, there's a lot more to this than I thought. Gee, you fucking think so? Right? Are you well, are it, you kidding me? You thought it, it was going like to be we're, easy? We're, we're going to see another crack at healthcare pretty soon, probably, and. The, the reason being is that the mainstream Republicans seem to be caving to the Tea Partiers in the fact that they want things like uh, pre-existing conditions to be removed from the ACA or not be any part of whatever might replace it. The morons holding so, up signs that says, keep your government hands off my Medicaid. <laughs> right. So we might actually see, uh, we, we might actually see health care bill get passed in the next couple of weeks, only because it turns out that it's actually worse than the one that we could have got before, that we are all relieved. We are, we're all relieved that we didn't dodge that bullet, and they just pulled out a bazooka and just blew it to bits. So we see it in reverse. It, yeah. if, they, if they do pass something... To where they can now take people or cancel people's coverage because of pre-existing conditions. Then I don't want to ever hear and and the right passes it, and their fucking their peanut gallery goes nuts and cheers. I don't ever want to hear from any of these cocksuckers claiming that America has any moral high ground when it comes to fucking human rights. I don't ever want to fucking hear it because you know how many people are going to fucking die because of that. I, Let's put it this well, way: right. in the '90s, when I worked in when I worked on in Florida, I worked, <clears throat> when I lived in Florida, I worked on a place and I worked on a, a dock. Didn't pay great, had great benefits. I literally knew people that worked there just for the benefits, and a lot of them had pre-existing conditions like type one diabetes. And this was, you know, I was like twenty. Yeah, keep that you know, foot. 
Yeah, I was 20 years old. I didn't know shit about fucking diabetes. I, I, no one in my family had it. I didn't know anything about it. And I was like, what's type 1 diabetes? And they explained to me, hey, if I don't have this medication, I will die eventually. I was like, well, can't you just go on Medicaid? And all they did is laugh in my face. And I'm like, what the fuck? D really? I mean, that's... <laughs> So if we go yeah. back to that, if we go back to that, the people who fucking cheer this shit can just shut the fuck up and, and just eat a big old fucking dick. If, when I when anything about fucking abortion comes up or murder or anything like, because I don't want to hear any, I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. You people are perfectly fine with innocent Americans whose only fucking, I guess, crime in their eyes is being sick. You're completely fine with allowing them to die to save a few pennies. Fuck you. You have no moral high ground to talk from. Right. Well, and the, the people that are wanting to see this change, a lot of them are saying, I don't want to be paying for other people's health care. I don't want to have to, to buy health care, which if I'm not using it, then that's the same as paying for somebody else's health care. I shouldn't be forced to. Well, I, Actually, that's kind of a separate debate, but if we focus on just not paying for somebody else's health care, that is the system that we've had ever since Ronald Reagan made it illegal for hospitals to turn anyone away, period. So they had to treat them, and somebody had to pay it, and it was the taxpayers. So we already had this system where we were paying for everybody's health care, and that's why individual plans were so expensive. And that's what we were seeking to fix with the ACA. So this concept of the, that you are paying for other people's health care more so under the ACA than under our previous structure is Hey, I was told my premiums right. are going to come tumbling down this week, all right? Isn't that a direct quote? Well, you know, you, how about this? Premiums how about Donnie said. That's what Uncle Donnie said this week. Zero. Chris, how many kids you have? Uh-huh. So, so why the fuck are you got to pay for fucking people's kids to go to, to go to school? Uh, uh, I'm I've sorry. always wondered that. How, how many of us on this? How many of us on this? Oh. How many oh, of us I got on a, this? I got an answer. How many of this on the, Well, no, no. I and it's the same thing. You don't thing like as being robbed at gunpoint. Exactly. And if with healthcare, we we should really not fucking be thrilled with sick people wandering around who are going to get treated one way or the other. And it's going to end up costing us more to treat them with end-of-life care than preventative care. But it, and I'll take it a step further. I'll just screw the, screw the kids comparison. I'm sorry. What beef do, we, do any of us have with another country to the point where we want to fucking go kill people in their in their in, in that country? I don't have any beef with anybody in another country to that point. But yet our we we fund our military to do this shit. I mean, how much money goes into research for new and better weapons just to kill people? And I mean, to the tune of billions and billions of dollars, sometimes it just go wasted. They'll just throw a couple billion for a new fighter plane that, oh, you know what? After you built it and, and it went to research and development, we decided, eh, we don't want it no more. Well, that company doesn't give that money back. No. We don't get a, rebate, we don't get a rebate on our t on, uh, tax time yeah, because of that shit. I should get a rebate if I don't use this is, the schools. This, this is my problem. If we're no, you do, no, you, you, you do use the schools. You use them to keep the people in your neighborhood educated so that they can make something of their lives and not be a criminal that takes your TV. That's how you use the schools. It's preventative. I, I, it never ceases to amaze me that the people who claim to be upright, righteous, always have a problem with helping other people. But they have no problem with killing other people. And I do, I do not, that is ass backwards. 
I don't even believe in that big book of Jewish fairy tales called the Bible. Okay? But are you fucking kidding me? Did you not read the, the, the second half? Jesus wasn't walking around going, I'm going to heal the sick and the blind. Only if it's not a pre-existing condition and you, and, and you pay for your, your pants fan out of pocket yourself. Forget that. I mean, there's just, it, you know what it really is? It's, it's good old American greed. It's, we've been programmed in our culture to look down on anybody who needs a hand, unless it's us. When it's our time for help, oh, well, we've paid into the system. I, I know so many of my friends who are hardcore Republicans who rail against fucking welfare, unemployment, disability of any kind. Yet, when their wife wants to fucking take some time off to go back to college, oh boy, they're applying for fucking all the benefits they can get. And when I point out the hypocrisy of it, they go, well, I paid into it. It's the people who haven't paid into it who've been on it for a lifetime. Do you realize or, how small of a percentage that, that is? How much of a regular thing it is for people who work jobs like seasonal jobs like construction, uh, lawn care, shit like that. And on the off season, they go on un- unemployment. Oh, and you better believe. But here's here's another bit of irony for you. I know a lot of people in the landscaping industry. Okay, and like you say, exactly like you said, in the winter, unless they've been with the company and they're one of the people that plow. But even then, it doesn't snow every day in the winter, so it's not like it's steady work. It's more of an on-call situation. But you know what the irony is? Hardcore conservatives hate immigrants and you work in landscape. I know. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? You are a walking contradiction, sir. I, I, that makes, yeah, that, that makes no sense. None whatsoever. That'd be like a Klansman working for, like, you know, the, the, the NCAA or the NAACP. Klansman working in a barbershop. no in sense. <laughs> Yeah, sit down, darky. I'll give you a fade. Who wants their braids tightened up? I mean, exactly. Yeah, I'm I'm a proud Aryan brother, uh, but I also do African braiding on the side. Come on, man, it's just it's ridiculous. And these people, they they walk around and they they're so unaware of their of so self unaware that they just don't get it. And if you've tried talking to them. You can't point out, like, even if you're as polite about it, you can't point out their own hypocrisy because they always have an excuse for it. There's always a reason. And what that reason comes down to is, I work hard for what I have. Why should someone who doesn't work as hard as me have it easy? Well, let's, 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 let's stop and take a look at fucking these people who so-called have it easy. First of all, let's go back to the 80s with, with good old fucking Ronnie Reagan. All right? That fucking delusional fuck got right up there during one of his speeches and told a bold-faced lie about a completely invented person and he called her the welfare queen it has been damn near 40 years since he did that and it's been proven that that was a bullshit example that that person did not exist and people still believe it people still support it you can show them facts and they go oh no reagan said it and he's the best president we've ever had so i gotta believe what he said Really? I mean, no matter how many how many facts you throw at these people, they're impervious to them. They're just they don't care, and I'm so sick of it. Why are we so right. uh, what? And, and it, it's a, it's a stupid way to argue anyway, because to, to just pull out uh, a single person and try and use that as an example for a whole group of people, you can pull out. Uh, look, and do you scrap any system because somebody might take advantage of it? No, 
You go where the benefits are. If we were going to scrap driving car, do we scrap the do we scrap the whole idea of driving cars on freeways because people die on them? No, we live with it. Well, not all of us. But. I see what you did there. If we were if we were going to take an organization down based on their ability to find loopholes, we would have wiped the Catholic Church off the face of the earth hundreds of years ago. Yeah, and we wouldn't yeah. have a tax system either. I mean, it's just it's. it's, it's, it's I, I just another. Uh, I'm sorry. sorry. This, is a, this is a really sore spot for me because I, I know so many people who, if they know you, if you're friends with them, they'll give you the shirt off your, their back. But then when it comes to a complete stranger, and I can't even I can't even lie to myself and say race doesn't come into this at a certain point anymore because it does. Because the first words out of their mouth is, "Oh, some ghetto fucking uh, uh, welfare queen," and I'm like. Where are these ghetto welfare queens that are rolling around living better than you are and you work at fucking forward? I want to see them. I've lived in the hood. I've lived with people who live on disability, in sh- you know, next door to people who live on disability. They're not right. balling. But because they saved up $150 to buy a 42-inch flat screen from the pawn shop, they're living high on the hog. Let me tell you something. When you live in the hood, you know what your pawn shop is? The corner at three in the morning when the crackheads are selling shit. That's your fucking pawn shop. Okay, that's where you get your shit cheap. But believe me, I bought shit from them. Hey, brother, come on, man. Come on, man. You need. Hey, you know what? How much? How much? Where'd you get it? Fell off the back of a truck. Hey, good enough for me. How much you want for it? I'm not even bullshitting. But these people are so unaware of the the situation these the people that they're fucking hating on live in that they think that. Oh, they must be going to Best Buy like I am and buying a fucking $1,500 Ultra 4K 70-inch TV. No, they're fucking not. They're buying shit that gets stolen from fucking their neighbors two houses over by crackheads. That's how they afford their shit. I mean, it's, it, is it wrong? Yeah. I, yeah. But, I mean, is it, is it any more morally bankrupt than us buying products made in countries using child and slave labor? That's yeah. a good fucking question, <laughs> man. Point. That's a very good point. <laughs> but see, we don't want to look at those. We don't. We don't want to look at the reality of shit because it gets too ugly. And then we have to start fucking looking in the mirror and going, "Wow, we're some. You know, we're, we are. We are the end result of taking advantage of a lot of other people. And we don't want to think of that. We don't want to think of ourselves like that. We want to think that we have some sort of like pious." righteousness that we just don't have and right when we are not willing to take care of our own people in this country okay i will i will even go so far as to say fine if you're here illegally okay unless it's a life-threatening condition then we're going to treat you and street you at the hospitals all right you're not going to get the the, you're not going to get the above and beyond care that a person who 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 went through the process and became an American citizen legally is going to get. So right there, that's a couple million people off the fucking, you know, out of the situation. That's not good enough for them. They don't care. And it's the people, it's people like in my family who retired from from Ford or Chrysler or GM or Detroit Diesel who have those Cadillac retirement plans that are the ones that go, well, if, you know, if you can't get insurance through your job or if you can't afford to pay for your own insurance, that's just too bad. Motherfucker, you never paid a dime for your insurance. You, you retired from Ford in the 80s after 30 years. Do you want to look at how much on top of your salary 
those benefits, if you factored that in, how much you were actually getting per hour, yeah, and look I, at what I don't, people get now. I don't understand this mentality of you, you climb this mountain of the American dream. When you get to the top, you cut the rope instead of throwing down a ladder for somebody else to get up. I mean, I guess. I, I guess like it, I, said, I know people who are they are like, no one throw me a rope. And look, I understand that. And here's the deal: it's real simple. Well, we're spending yeah, way I, too I, much but, money. But, no, but I think part of Rich's point was there were ropes that were thrown to you that you don't even realize. You remember when Obama and, said, I yeah, think thank the, you. When, during the 2012 election, someone asked, I don't know if it was an answer to a question or if it was part of a speech, but he was basically breaking down. What the Republicans grabbed onto was they took a little bit of what he said and they took it out of context and they spread it around saying, you, you didn't, didn't build, build that. that. Yes, okay, that, no that, he was, thank you, Rich. That's exactly what I was thinking of. What he's what he's saying was, no, you built your business, you took the risk, you put the hours in to work there, but you also use employees who are publicly schooled, who drive on fucking roads that are publicly funded, who, you know. Right. His point was it, we it, build things together, and I don't think he said that well enough. I think that was his problem. But that was really the the point of that speech: is we all build this together, we build the society so that we can all be successful. I mean, look, I'm not trying to get off on some fucking we are the world and everybody hold hands and a coke and a smile shit, but you're right, Aaron. Ultimately, we're all in this together. I mean, we've we've already decided to divide up this world with imaginary lines and create countries and have laws and shit to keep people out and keep people in and all this. That's fine. We're, we're past that point. There's that we're past the point of no return with that. Can we at least take care of the people in our own fucking within our own little imaginary borders? Can, can right. we do it that? And here's another contradiction for you. These people that talk about they, they're in favor of putting up a wall on our border because walls make good neighbors, right? Well, well first of all, let's just imagine if you built a 30-foot wall around just your house. <laughs> how how plummet. What, what would your neighbor's perception of you be, first of all? But what also, okay, <laughs> let's, let's, let's go with your analogy... And say, all right, well then, this country is your family, right? And inside the walls of your house, there are people dying, there are people suffering, and you're okay with it. Like, if you're going to take this attitude that, you know, you want to protect the people in this country, and that's why you're against other people coming into this country, that you're America first that we should look out for our own first, well, then who exactly are you looking out for? So you can't even look out for, the, for your own citizens. Why are you worried about what immigrants are coming into the, the country with? And on top of that, it reminds me of uh, this whole notion of white culture being suppressed in this country. It's another reason why we don't want more immigrants in this country. It, what is so fragile about your notion of white culture that it can be suppressed by people telling you either, you know, your opinion doesn't matter or just by the fact that there's another, you know, Mexican-run restaurant down the street. Is your Whatever your, your concept of your white culture is, why is it so easily damaged, so easily blown apart that you feel like you need to fight for it? Am I the only? Am I, am I one of the very few people that still remember when we were growing up being taught that the point of America was to be a melting yeah. pot? Yeah. And and that there's no, you know, maybe 
and I don't know, maybe I am fucking head in the clouds, rain, you know, farting rainbows and shit. I don't know. But I always thought that it wasn't black culture. It wasn't white culture. It wasn't Hispanic culture. It was American culture once you came here. And as a melting pot, we put all these cultures in a big, it, literally, what, what it just said, put it in a big pot, stir it up, and serve it as a gumbo to everybody. I mean, right. where did, at what point? I, I know that this has happened recently. I mean, there's always been hardliners who, who you know, there's always been black nationalists or, or whatever the fuck, you know, white nationalists, you know, whatever group who are hardliners who are like, you know, no, this is our culture. But for the most part, most people, don't we all appreciate things from all the different cultures? I don't only eat, you know, food that white Anglo-Saxons come up with. Yes, but you can appreciate it and also want the cultures. You can you can appreciate it and want it. The recipe for everything in England just boil it, right? That's that's part of how that how they equate this in their minds, where they say, "Well, no, you know, I'm not against other cultures. I just want them to stay their cultures, and I want my culture to stay mine." That's fine. That's what the inside of your house is for. When you walk (laughs) out that door, you have to you have to live with other people. Right. And living with but other people that, comes with compromise. Right. I, and these people that are like, you know, our, our white culture is under attack. Well, first of all, you live in, in Utah. So you'll be good. So yeah, you'll be good for a I while. I don't know why you're so afraid of immigrants, period. Yeah. I think you're the last one to actually be in, inducted into the immigrant culture. But. Uh, and on top of that, if we're ever invaded, they're going to invade from the East and West Coast. Yeah. And by the time they get to Utah, they're going to go, do we really want this? <laughs> I mean, no. You know, I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be like Utah, Nebraska. They're going to be like, eh, let's just, I, I don't want that. That's not worth fighting over. We already got the coast. And all these mountains, a bunch of desert, <laughs> this big old lake, and a bunch of honkies. Now we're good. Just keep it. Yeah. yeah, just stay in there and don't 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 come out. We'll be all right. I mean, what was it, Man in the High Castle, where they divided up America? <laughs> yeah, and they said fuck the Rockies. Exactly. Like, both sides were like, neither the Nazis or Japan wanted them. They're like, just let them run wild through there. They'll get eaten by mountain lions eventually. They're 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 used to their family tree not branching off and, and eating roadkill. Anyways, they'll be fine. I, I, I don't know, man. I, you know, I, it's funny. I went into I, I went into a oh, store oh, the other I, day. I, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, well, I, I, we got off on a Utah tangent in the middle of a, a thought. Uh, but yeah, the, the the idea of of white culture being under attack. I don't understand where these people actually live because I mean, people. There's like Polish festivals, German festivals, Irish. Fe- we celebrate. St. Patrick's Day as a fucking nation. Like, what, what? White culture is under attack as much as Christmas is. The war on Christmas. The, the, pro- the problem is... Right, is so, I mean, cut- if you want to believe some whack-job liberal that's trying to tell you that your opinion doesn't matter about anything because you are white, well, you shouldn't be listening to nut jobs anyway. But to... To form your own opinion and group around that to fight back with it is is fighting insanity. It, 
the problem is the knife cuts both ways because you have groups of people who feel that they're as Chris said the other day I'm using air quotes that's really good for an audio medium white culture is under attack then you also have groups that are you know like oh white people wearing dreads that's cultural appropriation how dare you white people steal from us black people haven't you stolen enough and it's like shut the fuck up do you realize anyone with long hair who doesn't wash it for long enough is their hair is going to dread naturally stupid that's not it's, it's not exclusive to your fucking race and even if it is get the fuck over it welcome to the melting pot of america you can now have a heaping bowl of shut the fuck up just along with fucking goober over there talking about he's afraid his white culture is under attack trust me dumbass no one wants to take conway twitty from him. if yeah if, if nobody appropriated anyone's culture in this country we wouldn't have created any art pretty you wouldn't much. have rock music so you actually, know good music rock then, music jazz music electronic I, music I actually had a conversation with a musician one time we were talking about just different types of music and stuff and this dude looked me dead in the face younger guy this is probably about 10 years ago and I'd say he's in his late teens early 20s and he started to make a case legit not ironic no hint of irony not tongue-in-cheek that any white person who plays any music oh, that was created by black okay. people might as well throw on blackface and go sing Mammy because what? it's a minstrel show. Dumbass. And I'm like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. And I said, okay, so let me ask you a question. So okay. all of them. So all the musicians? <laughs> I mean, so what about after it's been co-opted and turned into the minstrel show by the white folks? And black people abandon it. He goes, okay. I said, so are you going to like, are, are you basically calling the Bad Brains and Fishbone and Living Color a bunch of Uncle Toms? <laughs> yeah. Touche, salesman. <laughs> I mean, because how else would you describe it? I, I, I mean, they're slapping on blackface and just, you know, doing their Al Jolson. So I, I, right. I don't. And he, it's okay he for the brothers he, to appropriate our white punk rock culture. But, but he just, he, he, it completely went over his head. He was so <laughs> intent on arguing. And by the way, I said, okay, you're a musician. Uh, and I hate to say this because this is, not a, this is not a slam against the genre he played. Because I really, I, I enjoy a lot Let's of see, indie music. But he was an indie musician. No, he was an indie musician. And like... A lot of his, you know, he was more of like along the lines of like Sunny Day Real Estate, Jawbox, that type of stuff. And I'm like, you do understand that ultimately just because you feel comfortable playing that type of music, because somehow you don't see it connected to anything that the white man stole from the black man, it's all rock and roll that goes yep. back to what was stolen from black people in yeah. your in your way of looking at yeah. things. Anything you play is dubbed. I mean quote-unquote rock music bam you were ripping off the black man right it, yeah i mean it, get a history book dipshit. it all goes back to it like what well, what who inspired jawbox and sunny day well minor threat well who inspired minor threat like iggy pop and the students well who inspired them with well, chuck berry well, who there you go just keep going Boom. down the line man and I even tried to get. Didn't him even take quick. that long to get to a black man. I know it's, it, it wasn't even six degrees of separation, right? <laughs> right. 
It was more like four. But I even tried to explain to him. I said, do you understand where rock was born? It was Rock was born out of a mixture of country and blues. Okay? And you had rockabilly, rock, and blues all existed at the same time with each other. And they all... Their borders overlapped at times. You know? And... These were the people who originated this music, and they got along. Yeah. 50, take, 60, 70 years later, we're arguing about it now? Take even the w- whitest version of jazz, Dixieland. The most prominent instrument in Dixieland jazz is the banjo, which came from Africa. We wouldn't have Dixieland jazz if we didn't bring slaves over to this country. Ooh, so and fuck making the banjo. A case for slavery, I'm just saying. Sucks no. anyway. <laughs> But I mean, uh, but the thing is, is that he, the the type of people I'm talking about, people to get hung up on that and they want to pound that fact home instead of looking at the fact that you had people playing what we would consider country music who heard blues music and took elements of that and added it into their music. And you have people who were playing blues music who heard country who put elements of that into their own music. I mean, there is a We're whole subgenre of blues. Yeah, there's a whole genre right, of blues called country blues. Right, yeah, but both sides are doing gospel tracks, a lot of which was taken from black culture. I mean, it's just, to me, it's ridiculous. It's like when people go, well, you know, and, I, and this is a conversation I meant, I've been meaning to bring up and I just keep forgetting to on the show, so I'm kind of glad we went down this road. When people are like, you know, oh, well... You know, we need to. Uh, white America needs to apologize for slavery, or this and that, and this and that, or you know, they wiped out, you know, the the American Indians and all this. And I'm like, okay, all right, I'm not arguing with any of that. But what I'm going to point out is something that people don't like to hear. Uh, you understand that? Af- First of all, I have to tell these people, Africa's not a country; it's a continent, stupid. And they go, huh? And I'm like, okay, well, we'll we'll get back to that. Second of all, it's a very tr- <laughs> Tribes used to conquer other tribes of the same color, kill their fucking men, impregnate their women, and assimilate them into their tribe. And the men they didn't kill, and the women they didn't kill, a lot of times they would turn into <gasps> slaves. And so, that's black on that's the oldest form of black on black crime. Now, are we supposed to apologize for that too? I mean, everybody likes to act like the you know the Native Americans were just all living in peace with each other in harmony with the with the land before oh, we showed cool. up. Uh, no, no, the motherfuckers were warring and killing each other just as much as we were over in Europe. That's human fucking nature, all right. Until we evolved to the point where we said, well, I don't know how far we've really evolved. Honestly, we just evolved our weapons and in, in, in our warfare to be a little bit more acceptable in polite society, I guess. But I mean, yeah. no, we evolved to an understanding that it's just plain old not right to subjugate another, uh, any other person. Period. And what does apologizing I mean, hundreds of years if, later if, have? accomplish or fix? The only thing, the only thing I can see is that it gets people who walk around with a hard on about this shit. It really, it's detrimental to them because at that point, if we have to, if if there was a law that was passed that 
We're going to trace everybody's history, and I know it's impossible to do, but let's just play what if for a second. We're going to trace everybody's history, and anybody who has a family who, at any point in their family history, owns slaves, has to pay reparations. Well, I'm going to tell you what. If my family turns up in that in that in that group, and I have to pay reparations, guess what? Once those reparations are paid, you can <laughs> shut the fuck up about slavery. What a sign oh, deal. I'm your part. This is listen. As soon as this last check clears, you don't get to play that card from the yard anymore. Get yeah, a notary. You don't get to play that card from the deck no more. That's what I think that that science can overcome this. But do you think any of this changes the more that it becomes cheaper to sequence somebody's genome and tell them what percentage? of them came from Africa. Well, if we're going just strictly by really, science... In most cases, it's only a question of what percentage, not if. Well, it, it, if we're going by science, as far as our understanding at this moment, isn't Africa basically... the Africa and, and, and Northern Africa, yeah. the cradle of civilization where the pretty much we all evolved such. from? So if you, go ba- if you go back far enough, we're all the same fucking race. It's just as yeah. people migrated to different parts of the world... They evolved to survive in their parts of the world. Well, I have heard plenty of arguments for uh, uh, the cradle of civilization being located in other places where it would be more uh, populous with white people. So I guess the answer to my question is no, we can always just deny science. So <laughs> well, I mean... The, the devil put that 5% of black person in your genome dinosaurs just to are fuck here with to test it, your faith, you. all right? If you talk, if you yeah. talk to someone who's a hardcore Nation of Islam member, they'll tell you that uh, there was a scientist who created white people <laughs> from from black people. That's just as and laughable, that, that was right? Devil. We know and the other way is just as dumb, right? I hope we do. And I'm just going, I'm going, I'm looking at people who believe this shit, and I'm going, are you serious? This is as dumb as talking snakes Feet and people and rising Zinu. from the dead. Yeah, exactly. It's all bullshit. Do you really believe this? I mean, well, I, and, and you, you look at him and you go, how can you? What What have you seen in your life that backs this up? I don't know. Right. I mean, if you believe in evolution, I guess that's kind of a unique point to start from these days, too. But it, it makes sense that in a, in a continent like Africa, you can live year-round without having to adapt your lifestyle too much. And it was only until... Watch out for pirates. Uh, ...early man started ga- started gaining ways to protect himself from his environment, control his environment, that started branching out from the, that continent into other different climates. We couldn't go f- far enough north until we mastered fire and learned how to kill beasts and skin them for their fur and how to live in different ways that weren't out in open, hot plains. But, yeah, there I go about science again. It's an unpopular opinion. Well, didn't I mean, that's what, they, in D.C., they just, well, D.C. and uh, a few other major cities, they just had those marches. And I know that Chris goofed on them. And, I mean, I kind of goofed on them myself, even though I, ha- I have a few friends that went to the one in D.C., you know, the March for Science. And, yep, you know. They happened all over the world. <clears throat> oh, it was all over the world. I just thought it was here yeah. in the states. See, there you yeah, go. Yeah, it's it's not just a U.S. Today. thing, too. But I mean, people were like, well, "What do they need to march for science for?" Because there's so many fucking people who just it, 
you tell them a fairy tale from when they're a kid, and they'll kill another person over that fairy tale. You show them scientific fact. You give them proof from different people from who, who are, are uh, there's no agenda there. They're just trying to, to find a, a higher truth, and they'll go, oh, that's bullshit. It's, that's bullshit, but... You know what L. Ron Hubbard told you is is true, or you know whatever fucking religion you were raised with is true. I guess I come from the spot. I mean, of, though, too is you know I I like to think I made it out. You can't change those people's minds, whether it's Catholic, Muslim, Scientologist, Fundamentalist, whatever. No, you, you can look, but we do. But change. people who've bought into that stuff, they've already bought into it. There's no more than likely they're not buying out. That doesn't, that's not a reason not to act, because while it, it may be generally true, most people are set in their ways, don't change, aren't open to opinions that conflict with their core beliefs, that there are plenty of people out there who are open to change and, uh, well, kids, for example. You know, maybe they don't live in a science-positive or a truth-positive household. They see shit like this go down and see how many people in the world actually do believe in science, do believe in facts, in proving things, and do allow allow their uh, opinions and beliefs to not cloud their judgment and also to adapt to things that they they find in, in during the scientific process. I, the the <laughs> biggest the biggest argument against science is always well, you know, it's just a theory or you know, these things are proven wrong all the time. Science changes all the time. They're always they're always coming out with one thing and saying, "Well, you know, that was actually wrong and it's actually this." Okay, so so when you learned about this in grade school and you heard about how Early scientists were figuring out that the solar system did not revolve around the Earth; that it revolved around the Sun, or even just the or, or even just the fact that the Earth wasn't flat; that it was indeed round. Did you throw your hands up and say, "Well, you can't believe anything now"? Well, they just what people used to think the Earth was flat, and then they proved it was round. <laughs> so, who knows? They there are they're, they're always changing the these things. Flat. No. Yes. Yeah. No, no. No. But I'm using it. Well, no, I'm using it as an as an ex- extreme example. Come on, now. What the fuck? Okay. Right. I'm using it as an extreme example. But yeah, I mean, part of the concept of science is that it you do continually learn things, and your understanding of the universe changes and adapts according to new information. It's not that you're constantly wrong. It's that you're just always in search of the universal truth. You're never going to really find it. We may never find the secrets to everything in the universe around us. Well, that's the thing. That People that, who believe does that in mean religion that we stop? think they never, have. They think all never, the answers they need to everything is in their book of their particular We're never going to convince faith. everybody that science is a better way to conduct your life than by religion. But does that mean we stop doing science? That we stop trying to prove things? That we stop trying to understand the universe? No, well, like that. I guess that's what I don't. I don't get about it. Like, well, yeah. No, do your science. Starts, if if public opinion is low on the value of science of the scientific process in general, then how does that not then affect when 
what we how does that not affect what we invest in? You know, there's a good port, not a good portion. There's a so, percentage, a small so science departments at universities dollars. are just going to disappear. They're going to take science out of classrooms and no. But but Chris, what's going to happen is we're going to fall behind. Case in point, during the Bush administration, yes. his hard on against fucking stem cell research. The rest of the world didn't stop stem cell research. We just had to in this country. Or if they did it, right. they had to do it with the under privately funded, under under basically the cover of darkness and. Right, and where did all the, the the highly intelligent and qualified people that wanted to work on stem cell research go? Anywhere else but the U.S. That's what they call a and brain you know, drain. And that's only a small example of what is happening all over the place. And, you know, and unfortunately, just because of what I've seen in, in, my, in, in my life in 40 years on this fucking planet, I have to agree with Chris is that there's a lot of people out there that, that when it comes to religion... They will do anything and everything short of or maybe even up to breaking the law to try to keep that common thread going through their fucking family. Case in point, I have family members who homeschooled their kids because, quote, I wasn't sending my kids to go learn that devilish garbage about evolution. Okay, great. So now you have a kid who's been homeschooled for 12 years who knows the Bible backwards and forwards but doesn't know shit about science. And then you release them into the world. A kid who's basically been brainwashed by his parents for, for you know, 18 years, not allowed, not allowed to even hear any perspective different than the ones that they want to teach them out of right. whatever religious text they teach them out of, and these people are wandering around in our in our in in the world. That's a problem. I mean, my cousin in, in Tennessee told me a story when he was in high school. And his science teacher got up, and this is Tennessee, and this is my cousin's in his mid-30s. It's not that long ago. Science teacher said, by law, I have to teach you the lie called evolution. Reached into his desk, pulled out a Bible, and said, but we all know this is the one true word. You should be fired for saying that immediately. Thank you, but right. he's in Tennessee, dude, where they fucking accept bullshit like that. I don't know if they still do. Granted, this was in the 80s, right? or not 80s, but 90s, this, but still, this, it's like, that's terrifying. That was 20 years ago that that was happening still. It's this misconception that you can't have, I think it's, a, it's a, the misconception that you can't have morality outside of religion, that in order to be a good person, you have to have religion, and in order to have religion, you cannot have scientific facts getting in the way when, when there's part. plenty there's numerous examples of scientists that are able to explore and understand everything as much as man can in the universe and accept it and still have faith in their god still lead lead moral lives still are good people i know this blows people's minds they can't hold two thoughts in their head at once it is possible to have Jesus in your life if that's what you want and to have a full and healthy understanding of the universe I think one of the biggest problems we have as humanity honestly is it seems like in a lot of people's minds the greatest sin is to say I don't know and religion takes I don't know out of everything because ultimately you can go it's God's will yeah, because I don't know is terrifying. Hey, man, I've tried to justify my parent to my parents, like, where well, I'm not religious anymore. Like, I come to terms with I don't know. 
I am okay with I don't know. I'm just gonna live my life until <laughs> my fucking you know my battery runs out on my on my fucking uh, meat sack. And right. Then we're done. Do I know, know for sure? Do I am I one hundred percent sure that when I die, there's not going to be an afterlife? No. How could I be? I've never been there. I've never talked to anyone who's been and come back. So I couldn't possibly know that for a fact. But do I live my whole life according to that percentage chance, no matter how low it is, that there is some reward of another life that I'm supposed to live after this that I'll fuck up by the choices that I make now? That's an insane way. It's like saying, do I know for a fact that a meteor isn't going to fly out of the sky and take me out of my sleep tonight. Well, no, I don't know that for a fact that it won't happen, so I'm going to, I don't know, whatever you do oh, to prepare man. yourself to for your imminent death. I'm not, I, th- I think I'm going, to write, my, I'm going to write a note to my kids. I'm not basing my <laughs> existence on a maybe, is what it all boils down to. I, I think my favorite type of, uh, type of religious person is, is the person who tries to use science to prove that miracles actually happened. And when I point out to him, I say, if you can prove through science that this happened and it's not through divine intervention, it's no longer a miracle. Mm-hmm. You're, you're basically disproving God. You're, you're disproving your own point. And they don't get it. And I'm like, I look at him and I go, these are, I, 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 okay, some of these people that I've talked to in my lifetime, they're dumb. That's just all there is to it. But a lot of them aren't. And I'm just like, do you not see this? Do you not see this? Right. This is this is how deep that shit is embedded in us. I went through a period. I don't know what Chris. I, I've never really talked to you about like when your your <laughs> your fall from grace. But you know, being raised Southern Baptist, I was raised mostly with love God or go to hell. It was a whole lot of. It was a whole lot of. Do you want to go to hell? About, do you want to go to hell? About, Roman Catholic sounds about right. You know, and what's and what's ironic is that my family, being from Ireland, came over Catholic, settled in the South, and they were like, "Yeah, we don't take kindly to Catholics around here." And they were like, "What's the predominant religion? Baptist. We're Baptist now." That's how. That's that's how much they went. They they clung to their faith. Right. You know, it's on the Venn diagram. Had, you know. There's a lot of. There's a lot of overlay there. <laughs> You know, they were like, eh, so we don't. What do we don't go to confession anymore? No big deal. What's well, not getting bricks through our front window? Oh. We picked that one. You mean your family assimilated the Baptist culture? Yeah, yeah, it was it was, it was Baptist assimilation. Yeah, but you know, I went through a period where it was. I went to okay. I was I was dating a girl and we went to go see the movie Dogma, and we left. And you know, we went out to eat after we were talking, and she wasn't raised with any religious. Bent anyway or the other. Her family was like, "Look, we're not religious. If you want to be, that's your personal journey. You go on it. We don't want to hear about it." You know what I'm saying? So she just was one of those people who she's just a religious. She just, I, eh, I don't really think about it one way or the other. It doesn't affect her life. And well, that's, that's and talking atheist, to her, atheist. I, I would, I would say more agnostic. But more of a, more of a, I don't really give a shit agnostic one way or the other. <laughs> I'll find, kind of like, kind of the attitude I've, I've developed over the years. I'll find out when I get there. That's, you know, that's the only way you're going to know for sure is to die. And I'm in no hurry to do that. So eventually when I, when I do die, which we all will, we're all going to find out what's there after, if there's anything. So no point in arguing about it in, in my book. But, 
you know, talking to her, she goes, God, I never really, you got some real, like, religious hang-ups. You got some shit that even though you're not religious, you don't go to church, you don't adhere to any one religion is the truth or, or have faith, that shit is still so deeply embedded in you, it fucks with you. And, it, it, you know, for a year or two after that, that, it, I, that really fucked with my head because it's like, God damn, this garbage is really that deeply embedded in me. I mean, I remember five years old getting Christmas gifts of a little red New Testament every every Christmas from, from uh, you know, a certain group of people in my family. You know, children's Bible stories, all this shit. Like, and it was just told to me as fact. No one ever said you have a right to question any of this. No, no one said you. You have a right to make up your own mind. It was, it was. The sky is blue, grass is green, and if you don't love Jesus, you go to hell. The G-man is always there, watching you like fucking Santa Claus. Exactly. And it really did fuck with me for a long time. I mean, I, I've I've had normal, what I would consider well-adjusted, mentally people, tell me, who were raised in a very religious household, that like. Oh, I kind of wonder, you know. I know I'm married. I'm not committing a sin, but, you know, what if my dead grandmother's up in heaven watching me when I'm having sex with my wife? And I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) Are you serious right now? I mean, first of all, if she's in heaven, I doubt there's windows into everybody's sex life. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? It's not a peep show in 1970s, you know, Times Square. Grandma's able to see you fucking. She's Bad news for you, Billy. She's not in heaven. (laughs) But either that or she's going, eh, he got his stroke from his grandfather. Look at him go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the, the, I mean, on Louis C.K.'s new special on Netflix, he has a bit about how uh, when you get married, that means that you will be together in the afterlife. And he's like, that's got to be a pretty shitty situation for some people. Like, first of all, like, the guy dies first. So he's up in heaven yeah, for like right. 10 years and then... You know, one day somebody comes up to me. He's like, uh, "John, uh, got Martha here for you." Like, what? <laughs> he's hanging out with I'm strippers. Just, he's like partying. Like, it just reminds <laughs> me of the Scrubs episode. Moment. Scrubs episode where they're talking about death and, and Turk and JD are like, "Well, first we're gonna go to the Chocolate River. Then we're gonna go visit the Lesbian Cloud." Yes. He's like, "Yeah, well, that's why I hope I go first. And he's like, "Yeah." Heaven's gonna suck when Carla dies. <laughs> <I remember that>. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the fun governor's here. I gotta, man, I, I gotta binge watch that again. It's been a minute. I think I've only went through it like once. It's got like ten seasons. Uh, but I mean, get back to what I was saying. The whole reason I brought it up is because I see people who weren't raised with the religious dogma and 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 crap stuffed in their head from birth mm-hmm. i'm jealous i'm like yeah, it must one. be fucking it must be nice yeah i know right I, it is what's it like to start with a blank slate because i now chris you say that you know your family kind of you know they'll make comments like well the heathen over here or whatever during gatherings and stuff i just re- recently talked to a family member who i hadn't talked to in about a year and was like hey have you talked to what would be my uncle her brother and she's like, yeah, I talk, to, I talk to him all the time. I'm like, he won't. I haven't talked to him in almost seven months. I can't get him to answer the phone. And oh, he's at the she, compound. 
she didn't go so far as to say, well, it's because, you know, you don't share his religious beliefs, but she walked right up to that fucking, to that line without stepping over it. And what sucks is, me and this family member, since my dad died in 2002, have been close. I mean, we talk on the phone at least twice a month. And he became a born-again Christian pastor, all this. And our relationship just went south because every conversation turns into Jesus this and God this and this and this. And and it's like he can't help it, but every time he talks to me, it's it's even though he's trying, he says he's not trying to, he is. He's, he, he just takes new approach every time we would talk, trying to convert. And I, basically, I guess what had happened is I, I told him, finally, I got through to him, look, I'm I'm not interested in what you're selling. All right, so you can stop trying to sell me something. Apparently, in this in this family member's mind, there's no reason to talk to me anymore. Now you're telling me that's a good thing that religion can do something like that. They can ruin a relationship with two people that were that close. No, no but I mean, religion promotes family strength, right? It brings families together. Yeah, as when long as everybody buys into the same, same shit. Cult. Yeah. It's, I mean, look, man. So there were whole families I, at Jonestown. Look, I get it. I understand. There look, were. Death is fucking terrifying. All right. No one, I don't even believe most people who kill themselves. <laughs> they did. I, no, it's funny. I heard a story that uh, Jim Jones apparently uh, not only would take people's wives, but he'd take their husbands. Oh, really? He'd be like, get over here. I need to fuck you in the ass for Jesus. And they go, okay, well, I mean, if God told you, right. that's what you got to do. Right. Just- Dick hasn't been in a hole well, today. You'll there's do. So, there's just somebody, he's not so much flexible as just out of ideas. Like after that, he's like, what kind of pets do you guys have? <laughs> <laughs> hey, give me that goat, and let's go to the, the, the edge of that cliff that we get better pushback. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I just, I, it, it, it's sad to me because it's like, I can have friendships with people of different political beliefs, which is getting to be a rare thing more and more these days, especially with the younger crowd. I've noticed that. Mm-hmm. They really they really don't like to fucking mix with people who don't have their political beliefs. And I know I'm generalizing, but oh well. Real, uh, it's going to go awesome when you get in the real world. But, I mean... I've also had friends who, you know, I have friends that are Muslim, I have friends that are Catholic, I have friends who are atheists. We just don't sit there and, just a subject we don't fucking talk about. And if we do, we understand that neither of us are going to change the other person's mind. So we'll basically just, it's an exercise in debate. That's all it is. Yeah. We're just keeping our debate skills sharp. Because we know we're not going to change the other person's mind. And it's, you know, as much as some people... Look, some people like to debate. Some people like to argue. Mm-hmm. All right? Other people don't. I have friends that when I see them, we sit down. You know, hey, what's going on? Oh, you know, this and this and this. And we get past the front, you know. And then an old an old subject will come up that we just start debating. And people are like, "How? why are you friends with them? You, you guys argue every time you see each other. And it's like, yeah, but we're not mad at each other. It's not personal. I guess that's what it is. How could I let someone's belief in something... Make me go, unless it's affecting me, make me go, I don't want anything to do with you. Mm-hmm. Especially a family member. I mean, and, and Aaron, you pointed out, that's the exact opposite goal. Right. Of what, or stated goal of what a lot of religions claim that they want. They want 
to bring. I mean, that's the whole point. Okay, like with 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 Islam, the whole point is convert everyone to Islam. Okay, my question is, then what? Who are you fighting <laughs> no, then? Right. Who are you fighting then? Because you gotta fight somebody. Well, Same thing with Christianity. Once everybody's converted to, a, to and everybody's a Christian, what the fuck then? To reference Pendulette again, he's known atheist, and his view on proselyte I cannot say this word. Uh, attempts at conversion <laughs> <laughs> to to any one religion is understandable if you come from the viewpoint that if you if your belief is that you are going to go on to an afterlife in heaven and non-believers are going to burn in hell, it is your duty to try and convert those people. That it should actually, yeah, it absolutely should be your purpose. If that's, if that's what you believe, you should try and save as many people as possible. He equates it to beliefs in abortion. That if that's your belief, that, uh, that you know, life begins at conception, and that lives are being snuffed out in this country, then yeah, you you should be stark raving mad on on the corner waving a a photo of a aborted fetus. Yeah, but you know, haven't we haven't we learned? I understand that, that everybody has to learn. Every new generation has to learn the same lessons the generation before it learned. But haven't we learned as as a, a, a race of humans of mammals on this planet that? Attacking someone is not the way to get them to see your point of view. I mean, apparently we haven't because <laughs> the internet's made it worse. Exactly. I mean, it's not even it, I, I, the internet would be better if the people who are claiming to try to change people's minds with their fucking trolling would just admit, no, I just want to fucking argue, and I want to be able to say shit to someone that I don't have the balls to say to someone's face because I might get my teeth knocked down my throat. I want that. I want that that anonymity in 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 and protection from getting my ass kicked because I'm going to call this person a cocksucking motherfucker. Right. And I would never do it in real life. Right. I equate the internet to most people's uh, concept of alcohol, that you don't really become another person. You just reveal your true self. You say the things that you don't normally say. Your filter is off. See, uh, I mean, I can kind of agree with that, but I also know... I've drank to the point of blackout. I don't remember what the fuck was going on. I don't think that was my true self. I don't think pissing my pants in a fucking bathtub with the water running all night was is my true self. <laughs> I mean, I get, I get where point. I get where you're coming from. I get where you're. I'm. You gotta remember. I most people d- didn't take don't take their drinking experience as far as I took mine. So no, believe me, I, I'm not saying that that concept of alcohol is 100% because I've seen people become different people when they are drunk. Completely and different I, people. And I can I can testify to this and it, if, I could even call my ex-wife and put her on the air and she'd tell you me on hard liquor is a completely different drunk than me on beer. Me on hard liquor, I'm angry, violent, she goes, Rich. You could literally see it in your face if you if you if I if you've been drinking and I showed up, and someone said, Yeah, Rich is downstairs. We've been drinking. I'd walk downstairs. If your eyebrows, if you had that scowl on your face, I knew you'd been drinking hard liquor. If your eyebrows were up and you had a smile on your face, I knew you'd been drinking beer. And I was like, Get the fuck out of here. You don't know what you're talking about. Until one Saturday night, I'm watching Hockey Night in Canada at home by myself. And the ref blows a call in the game, and I throw an empty fifth of Jack Daniels at my TV. And I'm like, why did I do that? 
Maybe I really don't need to drink hard liquor. <laughs> nah, man. That's Jaeger's off my list, man. Uh, yeah, I used to be my shit. When I wanted to fist fight somebody I had known for, like, most of my life. Yeah, okay. Well, what, we, we hung, we retired Jaeger. We hung that one from the rafters. Yeah, that's Everclear for me. Everclear? Yeah. Jesus. Damn. How are you getting, how are you getting hold of Everclear regularly? How many fingers am I holding up? Yeah, no. Dude, I, are you kidding? I have family in Tennessee. When I go visit them, we would literally, I would tell everyone, hey, I'm going to Tennessee and I can get the real Everclear, the 198 proof. And people would give me money. I used to come back with cases of that shit and then stockpile it. And then by the time I made my next trip, usually it was gone. Everclear? But I mean, I, I remember having a shot of Everclear and feeling like I just had a six pack. Oh, dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me, me and a me and a, a buddy of mine for over 20 years, we sat, I came back first time, I came back from Tennessee with Everclear. I came back with a liter of it, and we were mixing it with Hawaiian Punch, and we got about halfway through that liter, and then decided we wanted to kill each other. <laughs> to the point where hey, we let's go buy guns. There's a Walmart near here. To the point where I told him, I was like, "If you don't get the fuck out of my house, I'm going to cut your fucking throat." Put this empty bottle on your head. <laughs> it's, yeah, I know. <laughs> and we're going to William. We're going to do some William Tell shit. Uh, <laughs> but some yeah, William Burroughs yeah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I th- you know, I threw him out of the house. The next day at work, we're both hung over, and we walk up to each other, and I'm like, "Dude, I'm I'm sorry about last night." He's like, "Dude, I'm sorry about last night." I was like, "I don't think we should drink Everclear together." And him not being an alcoholic, he goes, "I don't think we should drink Everclear ever." And I'm like, oh, "I just won't drink it with you." You know, you start making those deals for yourself. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's no offense, it's, but that's a mark of a true alcoholic. <laughs> oh no, I totally we should not drink Everclear totally. together. Good point. I'm going to drink it at home tonight. tonight. <laughs> yeah, I'll, instead of drinking, I will call you when with someone it. else. Yeah, I'll drink it by myself. That makes more sense. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's the welcome to the welcome to the mind of an alcoholic. You make deals with, with yourself. Oh, well, I'll only have twelve beers when I go out instead of you know a case. I mean, I just talked to my ex-wife, and she's like, "Do you understand when we when we first started dating, you were killing like 30, 35 beers at a party." And I just thought that was normal because all your friends, she goes, all your friends, they drank hard, but no one drank as hard as you. But I was just like, oh, they're hard drinking people. And she goes, and then as I got older, I started meeting people and I'd tell these stories and they go, your husband drank 35 beers in a night. Is he trying to kill himself? You know, what, what is wrong with him? He's got a problem. And I'm like, I, I never, it never struck me. I had a problem. I would, I'm going to a party. I buy a case for me. Everyone was a bunch of pussies. I buy a case for me, and I buy a case for 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 the party, and I'd set the party case down. I'd say, "Y'all can drink out of this one. This is my case. Don't touch it." And that's everybody knew when Rich comes, he's, he's going to bring two cases, and one's for the party, and one's for him. And if you touch his beard, there's going to be a problem. Right. Here's your you natty know? light. Don't t- don't touch my labat eyes. No, I, I was cheap. <laughs> I was like, "Here's your dirty, here's your black push. label. Here's my natty light." <laughs> Yeah, here's here's my here, here's your no no here's your steel reserve. Here's my bush. Don't touch my bush. <laughs> I know, <right? laughs> but I mean, you know, just to, I don't want to I don't mean to derail the conversation. But now that I'm thinking about it, I got kind of the conversation is derailable. It goes where it wants. Hence the name of the show. Yeah. Um, the, the the mindset you have when you are addicted to something like that, alcohol or drugs, I got to imagine it's, it's got to be kind of the same mindset of someone who is deeply religious. And 
I don't mean necessarily. Way to bring it back. And, and I don't. I don't mean necessarily. No, like, I, I, I think I see where you're going with this. This is interesting. In a bad way. I mean, it's it's the it's the lies you tell yourself, the deals you make with yourself, right? The compromises that you're okay with in yourself, but you're not okay with in other people. That you have to you have to do that to be able to keep using or be able to keep your faith. Yeah, to keep your way and, of life going. And that's why I think it's so easy for so many addicts when they go to rehab or they, you know, they hit bottom and they go to a, you know a meeting or something. They they kind of take addiction and replace it with at least AA does. They call it spirituality, but right. I won't I won't get into that argument. But you know, it's it's kind of easy for one for a person who is an addict to accept that because it's like I've been making compromises and lying to myself my entire life. I can continue to do this because I'm doing it for the betterment of myself. Instead of being self-destructive, I'm actually doing something that's that's moving in a in a, in a positive direction. Well, and if that's the case, then I don't want to take your religion away from you. I don't want to dissuade you from your ideas. You're bettering no, your life with your religion. If you're bettering the life of people around you with your religion, that's great. Then there's a there's a good example of religion being useful. And see, that's. I don't like. I don't feel religion is completely useless. It's completely useless to me. Yeah. But to society, I see where it it helps a certain type of person. Oh, imagine what these uh, crazy people would be doing if there was if it was ultimately proved to them in their minds there was no God. Do you think they'd all just calm down? Oh, it's like it's if you guys ever saw the first season of True Detective when. Uh, Matthew McConaughey is talking to Woody Harrelson. He's like, if the only reason people are doing good is fear of punishment if they don't, mm-hmm. I don't want to be around people like that. Right. Well, the sad reality is some people would be fucking kill crazy, you know, going on thrill kills and shit if it wasn't for the fear of fucking hell. I, there's not a whole lot of them, hopefully, but they're, they are out there, you know. But, I mean, the average person who has religion, who's religious... Look, it's re- and Chris, we've we've one on one talked about this. I'm pretty sure we brought it up on the show. I don't care what you do in your home, who you pray to, who you worship. Keep it out of religion. Keep it out of government. Keep it out of policy making. Keep it out of science. Yeah, and keep it in that, your house. Yeah, anything that tries to control other people's lives to dictate I mean, how they live. To me, it's like religion. Should be a person's religion should be like their sex life. Unless I ask you about it, I shouldn't know whether you what you like in the bedroom. Yeah. I mean, if you want to, if you want to have your wife put a strap on and peg you to the fucking cows come home, more power to you. I don't want to hear about it, and I definitely don't want you knocking on my door at seven in the morning on a Saturday trying to tell me about it. All right, keep it to yourself. I think that's reasonable. Somewhere along the line, people decided that isn't reasonable to ask religious people to do that. That it's unreasonable. And which goes back to, well, they're religious, so they think they're trying to save us. Right, well, or this idea that something in our Constitution protects their right to spread their religion and and have it affect other people's lives. That it, that, that actually trumps basic rights in this country of individuals. Well, once again, to use the... It sounds a lot like sex life, law. Yeah. To use the sex life comparison, what, uh, what happens if you try to fucking have sex with someone who, who doesn't want to have sex with you? 
that's rape. You're forcing yourself on them. That's wrong. I just go home, but to some people, it's rape. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, so along the same lines, if you're trying to force your religion on someone, I'm not saying, I'm not equating that with rape. What I'm saying is it's wrong. No, but. That person didn't ask for your your for you to proselytize to him to you know tell your story. Have you heard the good news? He is risen. Well, good for what, fucking what, him. What if what if they were on the same wavelength here, Rich? Because I was thinking, what well, what if you did the, you put the shoe on the other foot with sex instead of religion? Someone banging on your door at seven in the morning on fucking Saturday. Hey, have you heard the good news about anal? Have you heard how good pussy is? Yeah. Hey, hey. faggot. Have you heard about pussy? Maybe <laughs> you, know, you don't right? know how soft and warm it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That'd be the weirdest. That's even, that's even weirder than asking about if you've heard the good news. I'm just constantly amazed at the links people go to to rationalize their behavior because it somehow applies to their religious beliefs. And then... I, I, you know, I just look at it and I go, I, in a million years, I can never act like that. When I go in public, it's kind of like this. When we go in, when we leave our houses, we're kind of signing an unwritten contract to society saying we will all behave in a way that we're not going to harm other people, put other people at risk, et cetera, et cetera, fuck with other people, bother them, except for certain things, religion being one of them. Because, you know, it's completely legal for someone to come beat on your door like I said, seven o'clock in the morning on a Saturday, and try to hand you a watchtower. You know, I've I've went to Best Buy and in, in, in Kmart or whatever the fuck, and had people hand me a religious track as I'm walking in or walking out, and I'm like, I, didn't you see a sign that says right. no soliciting? I'm not soliciting. I'm not asking for anything. Well, I'm giving this freely to you. But but let's look at it this way, though. That is them practicing their religion, that- and. Their practicing of their religion, it may come off as an inconvenience to a lot of people, but ultimately it's not really infringing on anyone's basic rights. So, and I, I, I agree with that, except for I think that's if we were standing that up, I'm for, okay with us accepting as a society and accepting as, as, a, as legal behavior. I, and I agree with that, except for we got one issue on that. If we were, if the three of us were standing outside of a Best Buy handing out flyers for the fucking podcast, then we'd be told to leave or they're going to call the cops. Well, but because this person's doing it for Jesus or Muhammad or whoever the fuck, somehow they get a pass. Well, no, I That's mean, any, any private property can just say, hey, we don't want you, we don't want you here, period. You can just kick them off the front of them. I mean, it, I don't know. It's just to me, it's very strange as a non-religious person, especially when you go to certain parts of this country, the South being one of them. How much that that it is given a pass about what is considered polite in society compared to if you were doing this, if you were taking the same measures for another cause. Like I said, you'd be told to leave, or you know, you're gonna have to deal with the police. And it's like, really? I, I, you know, I don't, I don't get that. I mean, one's okay because we agree it's okay because they're trying to save our soul. No, you want to. We had, we live in a in a society to where at least 
in Western culture, if you want to find something out about God, it's not like you got to look hard. It's not like this is, you know, 500 years ago where people 200 miles from you may have never heard of the God that you, that you worship in your village. We're going to go you know, save this the is, fuck out of those people. Yeah, I mean, you know, anybody remember PTL, the PTL club? You know, yeah. they were on in every single fucking country in the, in the world. They broadcast to every country in the world. You know, Sam Kennison had a bit about it. He's like, you know, Jim Baker, didn't someone go to him? Uh, Jim, maybe we should, you know, not broadcast to one country in case we fuck up one day and we got to have some place to run to. No, we need to be on every country for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, it's not like it's something hard to find. But yet we just, like I said, it's an unwritten social contract. We just go, okay, we let this go. We just, eh, we deal with it. And I mean, it, is it harmless? 99% of the time it is. The problem is when you get people who do shit like picking abortion clinics and start fucking attacking people who are right. walking in. You know, picketing a, a, a Planned Parenthood, which I think I think I've told the story before. But you know, when my, my daughter's mother got pregnant, we went to Planned Parenthood to get a pregnancy test to confirm it. They confirmed it. They sat us down and said, "What are you guys considering your as your options?" And we said, "Well, either we're going to keep the kid or we're going to give it up for adoption." And they hand they just loaded us down with pamphlets on those on those two options, and sent us on their way. Now, one person at any point mentioned the word abortion, but these people who protest Planned Parenthood act like you walk in there and they go, "Oh, you're pregnant? Well, let's scrape that baby out right now. Go ahead, get in line, take a number." That's not how those places operate, man. Here, actually, we're starting a new system here. Uh, you can actually kind of check it out like a library book, it's similar to a dustbuster. It's taken home. You read the pamphlet. I mean, my ex-wife used Planned Parenthood for her for her birth control, for low-cost birth control. That's all she ever used it for. I mean, we it, there's plenty of women that are that that use Planned Parenthood like that. But these people will, you know, oh, Ed, they're killing babies in there, so somehow that gives us the right to attack these people. No, it doesn't. I mean, it. I, Sorry. Obviously, the phone call with my family really fucking put a put <laughs> stuck in my craw with this religious thing because this is the most I've thought about it in a long time. I'm just I'm kind of, I'm just amazed. Is it funny that, that, that people who are mostly pro-abortion are always like pro-death penalty? Yeah, that's one of the things I always liked about Bill Maher. He'd say, "I'm pro I'm pro-abortion and pro-death penalty." I'm consistent. Kill everybody. Yeah. You know, I mean, I know it was a joke of his, but it's still, I'm like. Eh. But yeah, it goes back to the Bill Hicks thing, you know. People who, who who are Christians who have claimed to have read the words of Christ are outside supporting execution. He goes, I thought that was ironic until I actually thought about it and said, well, if it wasn't for execution, we wouldn't have Easter. Fuck it, that's a three-day weekend where I come from. Yeah, Clam Lapperts and Sonic the Hedgehog. Are you there, Aaron? Well, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. I, I'm feeling super nauseous all of a sudden. Not sure why. Did you read Donald, did Donald Trump say something on Twitter? <laughs> I guess it's called being woke. <laughs> this is what it feels Wait, like. You're a middle-aged white man. You're not me. supposed to be able to say that word. Isn't that <laughs> part right. of the rules that MTV set forth on us at the beginning of the year? Yeah, you know what's ironic is that the first time I started hearing the term woke be used was the, the Alex, Jones, Alex Jones uh uh crew. People that, that that worship at the altar, Alex Jones. You're not woke. You're not. You're not. You're not aware of what's going on. You're living in the Matrix and all this shit. 
somehow I got co-opted by the left. I don't. Uh, and Aaron, you can probably identify with me on this one. It, once I found out what that was and how it was used, again, I'm like, can't we use anything in its proper tense or grammar or any fucking more? <laughs> no. Every, every concept, every word is to be co-opted to mean whatever it's want, they want it to. I guess moms do know best. <laughs> 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 I, I love that when they point out people have problems with tenses here. <laughs> I, I do got a, I think I got a bow out though because I kind of feeling pukey. Oh, <laughs> oh Jesus! Oh, all right. all right. I'm seriously nauseous. All right. Well, when body fluids want to be expelled, time for us to wrap it up. So thanks everybody who's been listening, who's been rating, reviewing, sharing, uh, following at Unregimented Pod on Twitter. Been retweeting, liking tweets. See everybody. You're nauseous because God is punishing you for being a human. I know, right? I'm next. Damn it! Look out! Look out, Chris! You got a whole world of of, of punishment coming down on you. Oh, that. Uh, yeah, thanks. Uh, we're on iTunes and at ChristopherMedia.net. Thanks everybody who for that. Thanks everybody who's been listening, and we'll see you next week. All right, later, guys. Are you guys in studio, both of you? No. Well, no, he's at his house. I'm at mine. Oh. Okay. Oh, I didn't even say bye. He'll be throwing up right now. Jesus Christ. I'm going to hit stop. <laughs>